You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Eric Holder. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Great to have you on, especially now. There are so many things to talk to you about as a former attorney there general. There have been things about, happening? About James Comey. Things have been happening. Really? Really? Things have, you haven't been on the Twitter? The Twitter has some things happening. So, well, no, I, I was flying from L.A. today, so I must, I must have missed it. Oh, yeah, you missed a year. That's what you missed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but we, we'll, get into, we'll get into Comey, we'll get into the president, we'll get into all that stuff later. I wanted to start with the news that's breaking today. Starbucks has announced that they're going to be closing 8,000 of their stores to have a day of uh, racial bias training. Yeah. And in the press release, they mentioned you yeah. as one of the experts they're going to consult. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, do you walk in and then you do like role play with them? And you'd be like, can I use the bathroom? And they're like, no. And you're like, no, you're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to say yes. <laughs> like, what, what are you going to do and what do you think needs to be done? Well, I think that um, Starbucks is a company that has done um, a lot around racial issues. And I think they understand that what happened in Philadelphia uh, was inappropriate, was wrong, and they want to try to get things right. And I think that what they're going to try to do is close the stores go through some unconscious bias training, uh, put together a panel of which I am a member to help advise them in in that regard, and hopefully not have a repeat of that. But what I think is that we should not, as a society, as a country, feel comfort in the notion that this is a Starbucks problem. This is a problem that is much larger. This is a problem that our nation um, has to to deal with. Right, it's a... a... (laughs) It's a large problem that can be traced back hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. It's a large problem that permeates society, like you say, not just into Starbucks. One of the issues you're dealing with right now is in many ways tied to race in America. Cannot be separated, and that's gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. You're working on a project right now that deals with gerrymandering. What are you doing? Head of the National Democratic Redistricting Committee. And what we want to try to do is to put in place when redistricting is done again in 2021, it's done every 10 years, uh, so that fair districts are drawn. The Republicans in 2011 drew districts that were uh, highly partisan, uh, unfair in nature. Princeton did a study and said these are the worst gerrymandered districts in the last 50 years. Right. And as a result, we see safe districts for Republicans that have led to a whole variety of things. An unresponsive Congress, unresponsive uh, state legislatures. If 97% of the American people who want to have background checks, expanded background checks when right. it comes to the sale of guns, can't get it out of Congress because of a gerrymandered um, Congress. But now, but now, if some people say, but fair play to the Republicans, they found how the system was working and they did everything legally and they worked within their means. You know, President Obama said he regretted that the Democratic Party didn't pay enough attention to it. So isn't this just part of the course? Is that not how you see it? No, you see, I actually think that there's a case before the Supreme Court now, and my hope will be the Supreme Court will look at what they did um, in 2011 and say that it was unconstitutional, inconsistent with our founding documents, inconsistent with amendments, to the Constitution. Uh, it's something that we as a nation, I think, have to, uh, have to make better. Because the reality is our votes are cheapened right. when we have people who are in safe districts and unresponsive to the people who they are supposed to uh, represent. But now, you're working with the Democratic Redistricting Committee. Mm-hmm. Does that imply that you're looking to sway it in favor of Democrats? No. Uh, the, I wouldn't have signed up for this if it was an attempt to gerrymander for Democrats. Uh, I think that if we make this a battle between Republicans, conservatives, Democrats, and progressives, the Democrats and progressives will do just fine. I don't right. need gerrymandered. I, I think because we're right on the issues. I think we have the support of the people. Uh, if you look at, for instance, at Wisconsin, 
2012, after the, the gerrymandering, Republicans get less than 50% of the vote and get 67% of the state legislature and 67% of the congressional representation. And that's continued for the entirety of this, uh, of this decade. Right. That has to be stopped. Now, some would argue that there's no way to redraw lines on a map in a way that'll represent people. Because if you look at how America is designed and where people live, Democrats live mostly in cities. Democrats live in the same places. It'll be cities, or you'll find Democrats in college towns, or you'll find them in historic, uh, like mining communities and manufacturing hubs. So you'll find Democrats in certain places, and then they're dwarfed by Republican rural votes around them. So in drawing the maps, aren't you always gonna come up with the same problem? Because there's no real way. They've shown, like, they've had all these simulations. It seems like you can't really draw the maps. It feels like you're trying to fix a problem, but the underlying problem can't That's be That's actually one of the myths about gerrymandering. Um, yeah, there is something to be said for the way in which Democrats tend to cluster and way, ways, ways in which Republicans cluster, but that does not explain the way in which you have seen these partisan districts being drawn right. or the results that you have seen um, as, a way, as a result of this, of this gerrymandering. Uh, the notion that this is all a function of, even if you're trying to ameliorate this, that you can't do it because of the way in which Democrats, um, where Democrats live is, uh, is just simply not true. What do you think is a greater threat to America's democracy? Gerrymandering or voter ID laws in America that suppress the vote? They go hand in hand um, because you see the greatest amount of voter suppression in the same places where you see the greatest amount of gerrymandering. Right. In states where you see high levels of gerrymandering, Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, Texas, um, you see these unnecessary voter ID laws you know, to combat this non-existent voter fraud. Right. Um, and so they go, they go hand in hand. The only problem I have with your approach is if you yeah, redraw these lines. You got a problem lines, with our approach. I got a problem. If I'm you, your guest, man. If you, yeah, and I'm, I'm giving you minus opinion. If you redraw these lines, the problem I have with your approach is you will exclude the three million illegal votes. All right. What happens then? <laughs> it's not in the water, it's in there. It's oh, not in the water, it's in right. there. there we we're go. gonna be chatting more to Eric Holder after the break. We're gonna get into Comey, we're gonna get into the AG's job. We'll be right back with more from Eric Holder after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Daily Show. We're joined by former Attorney General Eric Holder on the show, talking about gerrymandering, talking about the future of America and its votes. Right now, some people feel like America doesn't have a future because of what's happening in the White House. James Comey just came out with a book uh, where he uh, publicly lambasted Trump, saying that he's a liar, he's, he mistreats women, he's not fit to be in office. Uh, a lot of people came out Jim and got said, those three things right. Right, okay. right. And that, it's interesting that you say that because uh, a lot of people say that, yeah, but James Comey, you're the last person to come out and criticize anybody because of how much you screwed up when you were in your position. As an attorney general, when you look at what James Comey did and what he's now trying to say, uh, what are your thoughts on the issue? Yeah, I've known Jim for, I think, 20, 25 years or so. I think he's a man of integrity. Um, I think he is a, he's a good guy, but I think he made a really substantial error in um, 2016 when he made that initial um, appearance and said that he was clearing Hillary Clinton and then used that language and then obviously uh, made the, the statement later on. That was not something for an FBI director to do. Right. That was something for an attorney general to do or in the absence of the attorney general, the deputy attorney general. Uh, right. That was simply, he was out of his lane when he, uh, when he did that. And that, I think, had an impact on the election. I don't think that's the sole thing that caused um, Hillary's defeat, but it certainly had an impact on the election. Right, and you were outspoken about this. You said he made a mistake, and you said it was something that would give the FBI a bad name. 
the president of the United States currently says the FBI has a bad name. Do you think that Donald Trump has a right then to say that, guys, the FBI has problems because of everything that James Comey and his fellow FBI agents have done? No. I mean, I, I think the president's criticism of people in law enforcement, prosecutors, FBI agents, um, is, is unwarranted. It's inconsistent with the facts. I mean, I worked with these folks almost all of my professional career. They're hardworking. They're dedicated. Um, you know, you don't talk about uh, partisan things when you are in the Justice Department. That's right. considered something that is uh, that's in a, inappropriate. And what I think, you know, so what, when we, we hold these elections in 2018 and, and in 2020, and if the Republicans try to portray themselves as the law enforcement party, I hope people will remember the things that Donald Trump has said about people in law law enforcement. Yeah, things will, re people, people will remember and they will vote for him again. <laughs> His people don't care. I genuinely think they don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, you, I, don't, I don't think they're watching. You, uh, That's a good wasting, point. You're wasting your time. That's a good point. <laughs> the, um, Somebody could have switched off from Hannity tonight. You they never might know. Be out there, you, you never know. know. They might be out You there. never know. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, Law enforcement, Donald Trump, the rule of law, corruption, these are all words that are thrown around every single day with regards to this presidency. People say that Donald Trump and his administration are corrupt. You have commented on his administration being one that is corrupt, but what does that mean? Because people go corruption, but what, what, what does that mean? What does corruption mean in that, in that sense? Well, there are tangible things. I mean, whether it is, you know, Scott Pruitt and all the things that we have been reading about with regard to him, uh, the dismissal of Secretary um, Price. Right. Uh, you know, there are any number of things that, I mean, what you have to imagine if Donald Trump, if Barack Obama had done one of the things that Donald Trump had done, what would the reaction have been? Oversight hearings, calls for impeachment. Um, if anybody in the cabinet had acted the way in which um, you see people acting in, in Trump's cabinet, you would right. have had, you know, the, the same thing. Um, there is a, a fundamental corruption problem in the sense that you have people acquiring things that they shouldn't have, but they're also doing things with regard to the, the processes uh, of America, the breaking through American norms. Right. Um, if not laws, the norms. And, uh, you know, the, the president, for instance, telling the attorney general, telling the Justice Department about certain results that he wants to uh, obtain right. is inconsistent with the norms that f normally govern the way in which a president interacts with an attorney general or uh, his Justice Department. Right. There are some people who would say, though, that say, um, you know, Eric Holder, as, as Attorney General, you said that you regretted the decision uh, the Clinton administration made with regards to Mark Rich, the pardoning of somebody who was tied as a donor mm -hmm. to politicians. Uh, someone could say to you then, isn't this what politics is? It just depends on which side of it you're on. Is that there's always going to be quid pro quo, there's always going to be somebody. Is it a system that you can't escape in a way, or is there something different about the way Trump is doing it now? Well, I think those last-minute pardons that President Clinton did were, um, many of them were inappropriate. A, a substantial number, number of them were actually good. I was involved in the Mark Rich pardon, and I think there I made a mistake. And so it's one thing to say that, you know, a person made a mistake. Right. It's a whole other thing to put in place a system that is based on um, inappropriate motives um, and ends up with inappropriate results. And I think that's what the, the Trump administration is, is all about. When you, when you see what Trump is going through right now, when you look at the stories, uh, whether it be Michael Cohen, whether it be, you know, financial or, or Russian-related uh, stories, do you see a future where Donald Trump should be impeached, or are you of the mindset that he should go to an election and the American people should decide his fate? 
I mean, I think, you know, the best result would be for him to be rejected resoundingly at the polls. That, however, can't happen until 2020. And right. I, don't, I wonder about what, is, what kind of damage could he do to our country between now um, and, and then. But I don't think that uh, the midterm elections ought to be about the impeachment of Donald Trump. The midterm elections ought to be about the record of the Trump administration, what right. they have done with regard to the climate, what they have regard, done with regard to um, the protection or non-protection of, um, of voting rights, the way in which they've tried to um, deal with choice issues. There are a whole range of issues that um, I think would warrant a huge democratic wave in, in 2018. But it won't happen if people simply assume that it's gonna happen. People have to get out there, work, and get out there and, um, and vote. When you look at 2020, I've heard rumors that you are considering running mm -hmm. for president. Is it just one of those situations where... Oh, yeah, it's true. You know, I'm, I'm seeing about, like, maybe... <laughs> about 53% here, you know? I, I would no, have expected you, a larger number with this crowd. You know, you know what's funny is, I think people are just used to everyone denying it. Everyone's like, no, 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 I'm... No, no, no. And you were just like, yeah, yeah, that's right, let's go. That's right, that's right. Let's do this thing. Yeah, let's do it. Now, let me ask you this. <laughs> Can I tell you? That's a great slogan. Eric Holder, let's do this thing. That's, you that's do, a great you, you slogan. You gotta do that part. You gotta do that as well. Yeah. You gotta do that. I, I, like, is it one of those cases where you've gone like, okay, George Bush and then Barack Obama, and then you go like Donald Trump, then you're like, another black man has to come in now. <laughs> it has, wh what do you see? Why would you see yourself as somebody who could potentially run the United States of America? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, again, I'm thinking about this. I've not right. committed myself to, to doing right. this. Right. Um, Trump makes it look easy, I understand, but carry on. <laughs> but if I were to do this, I, I, I think that I'd look back on a long government career, uh, my time as attorney general, where I was exposed to a whole range of issues, domestic, foreign policy, national security. Um, I think I'm still a person who's got a great deal of creativity. Um, I believe in this nation. I believe in the people. Uh, of this nation. I believe that this nation can be led to, uh, to bigger and, and better and greater things. I still have hope for, uh, for America. Wow. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Pleasure having you. Eric Holt, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.